And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Wednesday, January 13th. And what was supposed to be a 10-game slate is now an eight-game slate. And I'm honestly stoked. Uh, Eight games, way easier to manage. And that's four less teams that we need to project. So that's fun for me. Me being Josh Engelman, I'm joined by the boss man, Alex Baker. And we're here to break it all down. So let's start here. Alex, how are you? Good. Uh, a little bit disappointed that uh, we're not getting to pick between Taco Fall and Boban tonight because that <laughs> that could have been a tough choice. But eight games, that's pretty good. Hopefully, uh, I mean, yesterday we had that wild game between Miami and Philip or wait, yeah, Miami and Philadelphia, and uh, that kind of dictated the slate at least in DraftKings. So I'm looking forward to one where there's not one game that everyone's on. That was a wild one for me because I would see news come in and like we, we posted the graphic that Gabe Vincent was starting. So I started making my like changes and I'm recrunching and I'm looking at it and I was like, wow, nothing's really changing. And then I remembered I'm only playing on FanDuel. That game's not a part of it. Everything that I just updated was totally meaningless to what I did. I just, it didn't like process in my head correctly. So every time we were getting news for it, I was making changes and it didn't matter at all for what I was trying to do because I was only on FanDuel. Eight uh, games today, though. I'm excited. Uh, we got the, potentially the return of Chris Epps Porzingis, which we're going to get into. Lots of weird stuff. FanDuel moved Karis LeVert to point guard, and he's 8K. That should be a blast if Kevin Durant ends up out, but we'll get into all of that. Let's just start here. As you work your way in the door, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. We're north of 48,000 subscribers. We've got 50K in our sights. With your help, we will be able to get there, and hopefully relatively soon. I think we just dive in. Eight games to go. Two games were postponed. Uh, Who knows when they pop up? I think we're going to be seeing maybe one game postponed kind of regularly for this near future, except for the NBA rolling out all of these new guidelines. Can't have hotel guests any longer. Kind of a bummer for the people that are into having hotel guests, but I think they shall be fine. Yeah, Daniel House might not be coming back anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so that is a man that definitely needs some hotel. He's probably living in a hotel at this point because I don't think he's allowed back into his own house. <laughs> All right, let's kick it off here. The Dallas Mavericks at the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets, four-point dogs at home, uh, roughly a 219 total. And we need to start on the Dallas side. Uh, they happen to be missing just a few guys, one or two at the very least. Um, I'll run through that right now. COVID just ripping through them. So no Josh Richardson, no Dorian Finney-Smith, no Dwight Powell, no Maxi Kleber, and no Jalen Brunson, which is, you know, it's probably their starting five if Luca is out. So that's kind of a bummer. But I believe we're going to be getting the return of Chris Stapp's Porzingis. So... I don't even really know where the best place to start is. Let's let's do this. 11-3 on FanDuel, 10-8 on DraftKings. How are you feeling about Luka Doncic against the Hornets with, you know, four or five starters out today? <laughs> Definitely feeling good about him. I mean, his rates have been solid this year. He may be one of the, the best fantasy point per minute producer in the NBA this year now that Giannis is kind of taking more of a backseat in his offense. So uh, I don't know how much the injuries affect Luca though. And having Kristaps forcing his back, like that's a little bit more usage than he's been playing with because I'm expecting him to fill in for Dorian Finney-Smith as the starting power forward. So um, 
not like a huge bump for Luca, but still, I mean, he's such a terrific fantasy producer that I think he's a very solid player today. <clears throat> we saw Wes Awundu pick up a ton of playing time their last time out. I assume he gets a lot of run again. He is not that much of a prolific fantasy performer. He is the flat minimum on FanDuel. He's 3,200 on DraftKings. Is that a pay down spot for you? Or, and I'm teeing you up for this one, are there some other pay down spots for Dallas that you have your eye on? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I think Wes Awundu, I mean, being a wing he doesn't rack up the fancy points quite as quickly as some other guys that may be on the roster. So he wouldn't be my favorite option. First, I think we got to talk about what their starting lineup's going to look like. So okay. um, unfortunately, we missed this last game. I think it was postponed. Um, but the game before that, Josh Green got the start. Um, and then we had Maxi. I expect Porzingis to fill in. Uh, T- Tim Hardaway rejoined the starting lineup, played 40 minutes, um, and Willie Cauley-Stein. So I, I, I think the uh, the best play on the team is probably Willie Cauley-Stein because although like he might not rebound quite as much with Porzingis on the court, the minutes should be there because the Mavs have really shown that they don't love playing Boban Marjanovic as much as we want to see it. Yeah. But uh, Willie Cauley-Stein's been a pretty solid fantasy producer this year, about a point a minute. Should play all the minutes. Uh, although Charlotte doesn't really play big, so like if the team was healthier, I, was, I could see Porzingis playing more at the five instead of the four, but they don't have any power forwards aside from James Johnson. So do you expect that Willie Cauley-Stein's going to get a ton of minutes tonight? So I gave him 26 on my first lap through, and I think that there's some wiggle room on that number. Um, It's an interesting spot for Boban because while Charlotte doesn't have like a traditional center to worry about, they also don't have a stretch five outside of PJ Washington. So if Bismack Biombo is playing, let's say 26 minutes or something in that area, that's a great spot for Boban because it's not like you're worried about Biombo stretching him out on the other end. And on the offensive end, Boban is significantly bigger than Biombo. Like Biombo is a center, but he's not like a center center. So this could be a really big spot for Boban. You just never know what his minutes are going to look like. You know, he played two minutes in the last game. He played 16 the game before that. You know, you'll get DNP CDs. He can be anywhere from what, zero to 20 something today. And you wouldn't really be all that shocked especially with Porzingis back, like, do they run him more at the four? Do they run him more at the five? I think they can go either one of those directions. And I wouldn't be all that shocked because at least for Charlotte at the four, you're talking about what miles bridges, um, you know, some PJ Washington, nobody that like you can be, you can get by with having like Wessa one kind of be your four or, you know, in this case, James Johnson, probably soaking up a little bit more time. I'm real. Uh, I really need to see more information for Dallas. I'm, I'm a little concerned. Like, what do you think about James Johnson being 17% owned on FanDuel, 18% on DraftKings? He's 4,200 on FanDuel, 3,900 on DK. I, I assume he has the most to gain in this spot. His minutes seem like the safest for me because he kind of fits no matter what they need to do. Are you looking at James Johnson at all? Yeah, I think James Johnson's pretty intriguing. Um, Porzingis, like if he's not playing that many minutes, then James Johnson should get a ton of run. So being Porzingis' first game back, I think 
we got to expect that he's limited a decent amount, which would open the door for James Johnson. Now, um, you did bring up a good point about the matchup versus Bismack Biombo, where it wouldn't be surprising that if Boban is in the rotation tonight, that they want to start him and play him against the Biombo front court instead of uh, versus PJ Washington, who does have more of a perimeter game. So, like, if it's 6.30 and we get the news that Boban is starting, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, so let's see. Flat minimum on FanDuel, flat minimum on DraftKings. I, I definitely like him more on DK than I do on FanDuel, but let me look at what the FanDuel center salaries are looking like. So we've got – interesting. So we've got Towns at the top, 10-5 if he plays, and then it's basically a massive drop down to $7,200 Jared Allen. So there's not as much at the top of center on FanDuel as you're normally missing out on. There's no – you're not – going to Boban to lose out on Embiid or Jokic. Uh, Towns is there, but you know, slowly working his way back. We have He played big minutes two nights ago. Who knows if that happens again? I'm much more likely to get to Boban if he's starting today than I normally would. And I do like the idea of him starting against Biombo. Willie Cauley-Stein, a little bit more mobile, would have a, probably a little bit easier time getting out on the perimeter. And honestly, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that can play the five in this game. James Johnson can be the five against Biombo or P.J. Washington. Clearly, Chris Tapps Porzingis can be the five in this game. He should be the five always, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, their rotation is going to be really, really tricky, and I think knowing who the starters are will tell the main story for this because they can go uh, quite a few different directions. Hard to speculate right now, and luckily for us, this game is in Charlotte instead of Dallas, so we'll know this before lock. <laughs> nice. Shout-out to Anthony in the chat. Thanks for the super chat. He's even uh, trying to channel some Josh Engelman. He says, everybody hit the like. <laughs> yeah, Anthony, that's a that's a nice super chat, man. Thank you very much. So just want to show love to the show and all you guys do. Everybody hit that like button. And I agree. Everybody should hit that like button. So, Anthony, thank you very, very much there. Really appreciate it. Anybody else that stands out on Dallas for you? Um, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. playing like 40 minutes last game was a good sign their wing depth is very limited right now the only thing is the price is 6900 on DraftKings, 6800 on FanDuel, so a lot higher price than we're accustomed to so uh he's a guy that will get a bump but the price also got the bump yeah uh playing monster minutes i don't want to give him the full 40 but um at 6800 and 6900 it's not going to matter all that much not all that great of a play on the Charlotte side, uh, LaMelo Ball has been balling out as of late. 7,400 on FanDuel, 7,200 on DraftKings. Gordon Hayward hung a pretty big number up uh, recently. But from an ownership perspective, LaMelo Ball is the only Hornet in double digits on FanDuel and DraftKings. Everybody else is on single digits on both sides. Are you liking any of the Hornets today um, outside of Ball? And then uh, give me your thoughts on LaMelo. Yeah, Romelo has been balling, man. Like, he had that triple-double. It seems like he's the best player on the Hornets roster, even though he's a rookie. Um, so I think the fact that he keeps coming off the bench is a little disappointing because it seems like he's only getting up to maybe 30 minutes on a good night instead of 36. So I think um, – if we got news that he was starting, that would really give him a bump. But otherwise, the path to getting there is a little bit tougher. Um, as far as the rest of the guys, 
on an A-game slate, I don't think anyone's going to stand out. But um, <clears throat> Graham has been playing big minutes, and then Hayward and Washington. Uh, I mean, these are all solid fantasy guys, but I don't think that tonight they're really main pieces. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, they're all like 5 to 10% type guys. Uh, if they end up super low owned, they're guys that I'll end up having like little bits of. If they get to like 5 to 10% ownership, then they're just going to be uh, ghosts in my lineup. I won't even notice that they're there. I don't have much else to add here for Dallas and Charlotte. That is a tough one. And guys, pay close attention. Watch the deeper dive in Live Before Lock tonight because that is going to be where you get uh, the true information on Dallas because we don't have nearly enough info as of right now. The Milwaukee Bucks at the Detroit Pistons. This one could be uh, a bit of a bloodbath. Pistons, 10.5-point dogs at home, 225 total. Uh, Best I could tell, everything looks good for both Milwaukee and Detroit. Um, Only thing that we're worried about from the Pistons is the fact that Killian Hayes is out, but we know that. Uh, So let's start on the Milwaukee side. On FanDuel, Giannis and Middleton, both in the 20s in ownership. On DraftKings, it's just Giannis uh, in the teens. What do you like from Milwaukee? I don't get the sense that I'm seeing a lot outside of just, you know, playing Giannis and Chris Middleton because they're good basketball players. Yeah, I mean, you got to be worried about a blowout here. Uh, I mean, like every Milwaukee game. But when they haven't blown teams out, they've gotten the minutes uh, with Middleton and and Giannis. So they make solid pieces, although uh, not the most exciting. And then Brolo, Brooke Lopez has been getting more minutes recently. Um, the reason why is because he had been rotating with Bobby Portis, but now they're playing them on the court at the same time more, which opens the door to more Brooke Lopez. He looks like a decent value, but at the center, I mean, that's usually the most stacked position. So he's going to be an afterthought tonight. Yeah, uh, I have him looking. I mean, he, the fact that Brooke Lopez is 4,500 today on FanDuel is wild. 5K on DraftKings. Uh, ownership is sort of there already projected for 7% ownership on FanDuel. I know where this answer is going, but uh, this is a question that we're probably going to get a lot tonight. Are you worried at all about the potential blowout for (laughs) Milwaukee and Detroit? So the spread right now is about 10.5%. In my data, that corresponds to about a 23% chance of Milwaukee blowing out Detroit. Now, um, I'd say... It matters a little bit more for Detroit players because if they get blown out, obviously you're getting all snowflakes. So if Milwaukee blows them out, you're going to get some good performances, but not exceptional. So it could be a spot where you're a little disappointed that Giannis only got like 55 and not 70, but you can't like hate that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Detroit because I have some questions and I'm uh, curious to know your thoughts. Jeremy oh. Grant is 8,300 on FanDuel and 7,900 <laughs> on DraftKings. He's projected for essentially zero ownership. Uh, if you're looking at Jeremy Grant's stats from, let's just say, last season, uh, he looks a little bit different than he does statistically <laughs> this year. I have him as a really solid play today on both sites, even at the high salary. How much are you buying into the new Jeremy Grant, and how is that dictating what you want to do today? Well, it's clearly something the Pistons are intentionally doing where he's getting all the shots. Um, Blake Griffin's usage has gone way down this year. Um, So 
I mean, that that's evident that they really want Jeremy Grant to be more of a focal point of the offense. But, uh, yeah, actually, now that I'm looking at it, he's averaged 36.8 minutes a game, which is pretty impressive as well. He's always been a guy that has talent, but um, never really got the minutes. So now that he's getting the minutes, I think he is an AK player, but I'm not really sure that he's much like if he's underpriced at that, you know, it's kind of like the right price given what we've seen so far. Yeah. I, that, that much I'm, I'm in agreement with. Um, I think that he is pretty much properly priced now, but yeah, monster usage increase. Everything has changed for Jeremy Grant. This is what he wanted. Uh, he took the money from Detroit because they offered him a bigger role. That's exactly what he's getting. And I want to say that like so far he's been up to the task. It's looking like a good move. I mean, the Pistons are terrible, but I don't think that they're terrible because of Jeremy Grant in particular. You mentioned Blake Griffin, 6,100 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. Any interest in Blake? Not really picking up much ownership, but he does appear to be at least a mild shell of himself. Well, the thing I like about Blake Griffin is that the ball's always in his hands. Like when the Pistons start their possession, it hasn't really translated into a ton thus far, but I wouldn't be surprised if his usage start cre- creeping up a little bit um, because it is way down from his career averages. But I don't think he's the most exciting option today. Um, the one guy I would caution against playing on the Pistons is Dion Wright. He played like 36 minutes last game, but Derek Rose was out that game, I believe. So let me pull up there. He was. Yeah, so um, they've mostly been running a 10-man rotation where, like, they only run 48 point guard minutes, so DeLon Wright and Derrick Rose probably won't play much together. And if that's the case, I don't think that you can play DeLon Wright, even though he had a big game last time. Yeah, I I think that's a a reasonable spot there. And I don't know what they're going to be doing with Derrick Rose, but I assume he continues to play somewhere in that, like, 19 to 22-minute range and Wright will just play sort of the opposite of whatever Derrick Rose is playing. Do you have any interest in anything else from the Pistons? Josh Jackson saw his minutes pinched last game by Sadiq Bey. That was a little bit odd because um, Jackson plays the two and Sadiq Bey has been playing the four. But that was one note where if Josh Jackson's minutes come back up, then he would be a solid player. I think they're going to be looking to play Sadiq Bey uh closer to the shooting guard spot than the power forward spot. He's a little undersized for it. So it, it, that could be a direction they're going. I assume they have more interest in playing Sadiq Bay properly than Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson on his third team or whatever at this point, Sadiq Bay new rookie, but there's no telling what direction they're going to go. The, a lot of these guys are sort of uh, interchangeable pieces for the Pistons. That's what happens when you're well, not very good. <laughs> Well, Josh Jackson did play himself from a bench role to a starting role, so I don't want to undersell him. He's he's kind of seen a resurgence in Detroit. Um, and, I mean, when he's on the court, he's he's producing. So I think he, he's worth looking at. Don't want to undersell him as a DFS option. I do want to undersell him as a real-life <laughs> option. <laughs> nice. Anything else in this one? Nope. All right. To Brooklyn we go, or I guess technically we're not in Brooklyn for this one, although I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know the different sections of New York, and I have no (laughs) idea where the Knicks actually are. So uh, Nets at Knicks, five-point dogs for the Knicks, 218 total. 
Uh, we're going to have to start here because I think this is the key piece of it all. Are you expecting Kevin Durant to play today? Yeah, he said he is playing, so I'm just going to assume he's playing in, unless we hear otherwise. He's, I did not see that. He said he plans to play. I mean, like, ultimately, I guess that's not his decision, though. So it's possible he doesn't play, but we, I think we should assume he is. Okay. I <laughs> assumed he was out, so I'm going to keep this one in your hands for the rest of the day. <laughs> Uh, Karis LeVert, 8K on FanDuel, moved to point guard, uh, 8K on DraftKings as well. Talk to me about Karis LeVert, and then uh, let me know, how do you feel about Kevin Durant tonight if he is in? Yeah, I'm all off Karis LeVert because yesterday they moved him to the bench and they moved Bruce Brown into the starting lineup. So that kind of limits the minutes. And off that 8K, I'm a little bit scared to go to LeVert. But if KD was out, I think he'd be a smash play. Um, and then Durant, I think we should be a little bit worried on the back-to-back. I did notice last night they didn't really run him out for like 38 minutes to 40 minutes, which in a really close game they could have. That kind of, to me, indicated that they weren't going full blast because they wanted to save a little bit for tonight. I think he's fine, but... Um, the price looks good given there's no Kyrie, but I think we have to be a little bit wary here. Okay, that makes sense to me. Anything, <laughs> any interest in Jared Allen? 7,200 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. Continues to see big minutes, such big minutes, in fact, that DeAndre Jordan actually got a DNP CD yesterday. Um, it looks so far like this is now officially Jared Allen's spot without question. Um, how do you feel about him now knowing that like the minutes seem to be secure and they don't seem to care all that much about DeAndre Jordan any longer? Yeah. I mean, that was surprising that DeAndre Jordan didn't play last night. It is possible that it was just a rest day, like, because it is a back to back, but that seems a little bit far fetched. Yeah. Um, so Jared Allen really is jumping out as a great play because I mean, he, He's a pretty good permanent producer, uh, especially this year. His rebounding is up a good amount, and uh, the minutes were ridiculous. I mean, he played 36 minutes last night, so if we get anywhere close to that, he's going to really stand out as a great play. And uh, with the big guys, I'm looking at the foul rate, too, because sometimes they just it's not feasible for them to play big minutes, but... yeah. His per 36 fouling is very reasonable at 2.4 this year per 36 and 3.1 per 36 last year, which for a big is uh, pretty good. Yeah, I was just actually uh, taking a look at that. Um, He is in the 91st percentile per cleaning the glass in foul rate for bigs. That is a good thing, being that uh, rated that high. (laughs) 79th percentile last year, 81st the year before that. So Jared Allen unequivocally is not the type of big man that is getting into foul trouble. Generally, this isn't a big change for him. He's just even, he's getting even better than he was. So something to point out there. And then we get to these New York Knicks. Uh, Unless you have anything else for Brooklyn. (laughs) Well, I will mention Jared Allen did see his, uh, he didn't get the extension. So he's playing for a new contract. I know how much people love those contract years. Oh, man, he might not even be on the Nets. Although, who knows? Uh, maybe the DeAndre Jordan's the guy that they can get rid of. 
Um, Julius Randle, 9,100 on both sites, and I'm still more than okay with getting to him. He is doing literally everything for the Knicks. Um, RJ Barrett is kind of the same thing, only he's 6,300 because while he's trying to do everything for the Knicks, he generally fails in his endeavors. Although from a DFS perspective, totally different. Again, hate him in real life. Daily fantasy, very different. 6K Mitchell Robinson on uh, FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. I have some interest in. And then the big one we need to talk about, particularly on DraftKings, $3,100 Emmanuel quickly projected for quite a bit of ownership right now. What stands out most to you from the New York Knickerbockers? Yeah, I I think quickly stands out uh, with Reggie Bullock last game. We saw no one new entered the rotation. I was kind of thinking maybe Dennis Smith would get back in there or Theo Pinson, but they ran a very short rotation. Um, I think there were, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight guys. So, I mean, that's the number of guys that he had last night, uh, which we've, we've seen. I mean, that gives huge fantasy potential. So, Emmanuel quickly seemed to be the big beneficiary, playing about 25 minutes. So, I think that... Uh, he he really stands out as someone that at 3.1K could get a big bump, and he's a pretty good per-minute producer as well. So do you expect him to stick with that rotation today? I wish I had any idea what the Knicks were doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, the piece that's most nerve-wracking to me for this game, and I don't know what the trickle-down would be, Taj Gibson is officially available to play for the New York Knicks. He and Tibbs uh, have quite a bit of history. Uh, Gibson played for him in Chicago, played for him in Minnesota. I expect him to play for him again. I would be surprised if he doesn't start playing immediately. And I don't know where those minutes come from. Do they just push everyone down a little bit, which they can kind of do? That's the spot that's... Oh, did we get news about it or something? We just got a tweet from NewsGod. Apparently, Obi Toppin is probable for this game. He was previously doubtful. He was the number eight pick for the the Knicks this past year. So he plays power forward, but that's just going to be one more guy that that potentially could get in the way of a Kevin Knox or Emmanuel quickly getting there. So I think that makes me a little bit more cautious. As far as Taj Gibson... I'm a little bit worried that he cuts into Noel's minutes, so I'm not going to play Noel tonight. Yeah. But um, besides that, it's a little bit weird they signed him. I think it was just because they, they just were done with Omari Spellman and that extra roster spot. Yeah, and, you know, again, the Tibbs and him are probably pretty tight. I, I think if Obi Toppin's playing, that that nerfs quickly. I think that everybody just starts sliding down a little bit, and those additional minutes aren't there. Toppin played 24 minutes in the opener, hasn't been seen since. I don't expect him to get, like, any sort of crazy run or anything like that, but, I mean, anything in that 18 to 22-minute range uh, has an impact across the board. That will be interesting. Do you think that brings – do you think that's a problem for Julius Randle's major minute – boost if he's not a 38 minute a game guy is 9100 too much for randall i think he's fine he's the main ball handler for the knicks which is like kind of surprising but i I don't think the role they play is going to be very similar so i wouldn't be too worried about it okay um let's quickly touch on the schedule 
for awesomeo.com today. We've got a lot going on. So coming up immediately after this, 11 a.m., the NFL Strategy Show. Lofi, Matt, and Kyle are breaking down this weekend's NFL games. We've got two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. And then NHL Strategy, 3 p.m., Jake and Slim Cliffy breaking down some hockey. Hockey is back. Then we transition NBA deeper dive, 445, Lafayette and Adam going through every single game once again, breaking it all down. They're the best in the biz. Live before lock, 6 p.m., Spags and Greg taking you all the way up to 7 o'clock, but we're not even done there. 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, PGA live before lock, Jason Roslin, Ben Raza breaking down golf for the final time before it locks tomorrow. And check out uh, the best bets video myself and ben put out our three best bets for the sony open that video is up on our youtube channel you guys can watch that as well tons of content boss we don't stop yeah you gotta love it i mean we got so many different dfs sports going on today uh, i'll give a shout out to the nhl guys because it's opening day just reserve some entries um so make sure to check out their show the content and uh Hopefully we can win some money. I'm, I'm hoping to pull a Adam share this year and, and take down some big NHL prizes. <laughs> there you go. I am not going to be playing NHL unless they pause the NBA season. So <laughs> let's just hope that that doesn't happen. Although the only time that I ever dipped my toe in the, the NHL water, uh, I had a bink the first day and I'm, I'm like ultra positive <laughs> in hockey for my entire history. Uh, it's just not That's my sport. Your best ROI sport. It is by by a long shot. Uh, it's minus Rocket League. <laughs> Same story, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it's that's the best. I don't ever want to change it now, just because it sorts to the top. Anyway, Memphis Grizzlies at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Wolves are three point favorites. Two nineteen and a half total is the last I saw. It's looking like Carl Anthony Towns is going to be available to play for this one. So I do have him in on the Memphis side. We kind of know what we're getting. This has been sort of the team for a while now. I'm excited to get John Morant back because he's been looking good, or at least he was looking good up until his injury. Kyle Anderson is 5,400 on FanDuel, 6,400 on DraftKings. Uh, Very different play on both sites. Like him quite a bit on FanDuel. Ownership is already there. How do you feel about Kyle Anderson, Joe Val, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks? Those are some of the guys that are likely to pick up any ownership. Are you getting to Memphis? Yeah. I mean, the matchup versus the Wolves is one of the best in the league. So that's going to give everyone a bump. Um, the two guys, I guess there are a few guys you can look at. I, I like the Kyle Anderson call on, on FanDuel where he's cheap. Uh, I was a little bit nervous that with Melton coming back, his role would be impacted because he wouldn't get those back to point guard minutes, but his assist rate has stayed high. It's been even higher recently. So I think that he's uh, a very solid play. Um, Joval, we saw that Gorgie Jang wasn't in the rotation last game. And Joe Val saw more minutes. So there, there was definitely a connection there. If that continues to be the case, I think he's underpriced. Yeah, do you think it's any time that you can give Tim Frazier more minutes, you have to do it. <laughs> get get those Gorgie Zhang minutes out of there. I, I, I could be wrong when I say this, but I don't think that I am. I'm pretty sure Gorgie Zhang is the most expensive uh, Memphis Grizzly this year. Like not from a DFS salary, but like he makes the most. That is wild. I didn't know that. Which is 
not something you would expect um, given this team, but they just have so much young talent. Yeah, his cap figure, he makes se- over just over $17 million. That is the highest, just north of Joe wow. So kudos to, <laughs> kudos to Jang for securing that bag. <laughs> At least on FanDuel, I like rotating through these Memphis guys, I, uh, particularly Kyle Anderson. On DraftKings, I think they're all pretty appropriately priced at this point. We've had the same rotation for a while now, outside of Jang being removed. But like the starters seem to be playing comparable minutes, and everything seems to have stabilized. On the Minnesota side, however, we don't have anyone at 10% or higher. D'Angelo Russell at 9.7% ownership on FanDuel is the highest owned play. There is zero ownership going to Minnesota on DraftKings, but we need to start at the top. Are you getting to Carl Anthony Towns today? Um, well, I think, uh, I guess the short answer is no, but I don't hate him. Uh, he played about 30, he played 37 minutes in his return. That was an overtime game, so that would put him uh, at about 30 in average in a normal game. But uh, I think that with that in mind, like maybe he was even eased in a little bit, so maybe we see him come back closer to his 34 minutes per game from last year. So that would make him fairly priced, but he was 10K, which, I mean, that's pretty much top dollar. So, uh, like, I don't, I don't think he's limited at all, but still, that seems like a lot to pay. Do you think he's a good contrarian play? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts more so on FanDuel, where you're only able to play one center, and he is on an island from a price perspective. Uh, Jared Allen's like $3,000 away from him or something along those lines. Uh, let me make sure that I'm not getting it totally wrong. Uh, $3,300 away. Do you ever have like a, a take on the, the lineup construction strategy there where you have Carl Anthony Towns at the top and such a massive gap? So the raw point difference between those guys is very, very distinct. Does that change anything for you? Do you look at that? And are you more or less likely to get to Towns just based on the, the way that the position is structured? It does create additional value to have a guy that is so higher, much higher projected than anyone else. Uh, so if he was low on on FanDuel, I think that would be a draw, even though he is overpriced. I, I, the next guy on the list uh, looks pretty good too, Jared Allen, a much, yeah. much better salary and seeing a big minutes bump. So it, it is a big opportunity cost to go to towns tonight. Any thoughts on Beasley or Russell, Anthony Edwards, anything else for Minnesota? Um, uh, no one's really popping, but uh, I mean, Russell and Beasley should continue to, to see good minutes and usage. Yeah, this is a tale of two sites. Uh, Malik Beasley's 5,800 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. I like Beasley quite a bit on FanDuel, just given that price tag. Um, it's not like super exciting or anything, but the minutes are there and, you know, that's a spot where he's not picking up all that much ownership and Russell, I don't know. I never know what to do with this dude, but 7,500 again, he's $600 cheaper than he is on DraftKings. And I think he's just a little bit more in play on FanDuel than DK. Anything else in this one? I'll just mention Josh Okoji came back last game. That should push someone out of the starting lineup uh, today, potentially. I think it'll be Hernan Gomez, so I wouldn't play him. Agreed. L.A. Lakers at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder nine-point dogs, 219.5 total. 
the big story coming out of this one is what we'll be waiting on. Anthony Davis is questionable with a stubbed toe, I think, or something along those lines. And then uh, on the Oklahoma City side, uh, the expectation is that we might not see Al Horford for rest purposes on the back-to-back. Um, we're treating AD like he's in until he's not. I, I assume everybody is doing that. How do you like AD, LeBron, and Dennis Schroeder? Because I assume we don't have anything else to talk about for the Lakers. <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I think for late swap, this team is always interesting. But LeBron and AD intruder, yeah, those are the only playable guys until we get some more info. But uh, for late swap, it is always good to leave some roster spots open, especially because AD and LeBron will be better plays if the other one sits. So um, on DraftKings, it's easy because you got the MPE. Um, but on FanDuel, uh, this game is an hour after lock, so it's not that far. I think you'll probably be able to swap on the LeBron and AD if we get this news uh, that one of them is resting with plenty of roster spots over. Okay. Who would be the first guy you would look at? Let's just say Anthony Davis ends up being ruled out. Who's the who's the first guy you're looking at from the Lakers? Oh, obviously, that isn't LeBron James. <laughs> So um, one of the big impacts of AD being out would be Gasol and Harrell would see additional minutes. So that would make me more interested in Harrell. And then we'd have uh, either Kuzma or Markeith move into the starting lineup. Uh, last game is Markeith Morris, which was really surprising. But I, I guess I would expect Kuzma until we see otherwise. And he's really, really cheap on, draft, on FanDuel. So he'd yeah. look like a, a smash player. Yeah, Kuzma, 3,900 on FanDuel, 5,600 on DraftKings. Um, that could be really, real. I mean, that is a spot where if Anthony Davis gets ruled out after 7 o'clock, um, the amount of value that gets created from Kyle Kuzma on FanDuel, like you're going to really want to go and change some things around because that is a wild change at that price tag. On the Oklahoma City side, as I mentioned, uh, I'm leaving Horford out for right now, not expecting him to play on the back-to-back. Not a lot of ownership coming in on the FanDuel side. George Hill actually getting the most at 12%. Shea, pretty chalky on DK, 7700 He's $1,100 cheaper than he is on FanDuel. So we're seeing the price differences flip the opposite way. Like Shea a lot on, uh, on DK. Here's the guy that I want to get your thoughts on. If Horford is out, is it Isaiah Roby season or is it Mike Muscala season? Well, I guess we'd have to go to Roby because he got the start last time that uh, Horford was rested and he played really well as well. So uh, he would look like an absolute monster play if Horford's out. Muscala would be the contrary pivot where if Roby got into foul trouble or something, um, then Muscala would stand out. The one thing to mention, I guess, is that the matchup versus the Lakers, they they do play pretty big. Roby is pretty undersized, so it wouldn't be the shocker of the world to see Muscala get a start, but it would be easy enough to just do a late swap uh, to, to pivot there. Yeah, this, could, this game has a lot to pay attention to heading up to that 8 o'clock window, so make sure you're around your computer from 7.30 to 8 because uh, this can break all sorts of ways, whether AD is in or out, LeBron AD in or out. Um, the, however, Oklahoma City breaks down. Do you like anything else from Oklahoma City outside of the potential center value? I think Shea Gilgis Alexander continues to be underpriced. I mean, he's seventy seven hundred on DraftKings, and he's averaged forty fantasy points per game. 
And I think he even may average higher than that as the year goes on um, based on his stats. So I think he'd be a solid play, even though the matchup isn't great. Uh, I think he'd probably be one of the top plays of the night, to be honest, at this price. All righty. Anything else, Lakers or Thunder? Um, all the Thunder guys look decent, but not the most exciting. I guess Hamadou Diallo would be someone to mention because he's blown up a few slates already. But uh, let's see what he did last game. 21 minutes. I, I don't think the minutes are quite there, so it makes it tough to get to him. All righty. Three to go here. Nine o'clock start. Atlanta Hawks at the Phoenix Suns. Suns five point favorites, two twenty eight total. All sorts of weird stuff going on for the Hawks. We have Clint Capella with a Q tag. Um, I f- can't remember off the top of my head what his injury is. Uh, sore right hand. Um, we know Bogdanovich is going to be out for a while. Gallo still out. Chris Dunn's still out. Rondo is questionable. I don't really think that matters. If Rondo can play, he's just going to take the Brandon Goodwin minutes. If Rondo can't play, then they're just going to go to Brandon Goodwin. Um, the other big piece that I don't really know how it will impact the team, uh, first round draft pick of this year, Anyeke Okongwu, is probable and could be making his debut for the Hawks tonight. I don't get the sense that he is relevant from a fantasy perspective, but that could change up the way John Collins could just see more minutes at the four instead of playing at the five. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, So I like Trey Young quite a bit. That should be no surprise. Happy to get to some of these other guys that are starters. Collins, I have Capella in, not all that interested. Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish. These guys look like guys you should have uh, some investment in today. How do you feel about the Hawks? Do you have any interest in Okongwu making his debut flat minimum on both sites? I'm kind of intrigued. I'll have to do some more research on him because admittedly, I don't know him that well, but uh, he's 6'8 and plays center. It doesn't look like he shot any threes in college. So he is an undersized center. Those guys tend to be very good at fantasy because the reason that they're in the NBA is really just like pure skill and not like talent, like as far as uh, size. So uh, I think he'd be worth kind of considering, but uh, as far as effects for other guys, I don't, I don't really think it'll make an impact in this first game, especially because Capella is one of their core pieces being one of the highest paid players on the team. Yeah, uh, we're on the same page there. This is a good spot, like uh, having a Kongu out there if Dario Saric is playing the five for Phoenix, that matchup would look really good. I I just don't think that there's any chance that he's playing enough minutes to matter today. Trey Young is the guy that I want the most coming out of uh, Atlanta. 8,800 on FanDuel, 8,900 on DraftKings. I just expect him to be more expensive as the season goes on. Um, do you have any thoughts on Trey Young and anything else that you like from Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, it's a dirt cheap price tonight, uh, 8900 and 8800 on the two sites. So I think that he's definitely a good uh, a good value tonight. But it does seem fair given that Phoenix is one of the tougher matchups in the league. Um, so it's not someone I'm going to be dying to get, but definitely a good pick. Phoenix also second slowest team in pace based on what I've got in front of me. So uh, that is a, a negative aspect for this game for Trey Young. Definitely. Uh, do you have anybody else you want to touch on from Atlanta? Bogdanovich being out should give extra minutes to Reddish and Herter, but the prices have gone up too. 
On the Phoenix side, we've got Chris Paul picking up a bunch of ownership on FanDuel and DK, 7,100 and 7,200 respectively. Uh, I think that he looks like a good play. I would rather get to more Devin Booker on FanDuel in comparison to Paul, just at relatively low ownership. But I do like both guys. Um, on the DraftKings side, Cam Johnson for 4,100 is, is standing out at least a little bit to me as a potential value. Ownership is also coming in. What do you want to do with Phoenix against Atlanta? They look really solid. I mean, Chris Paul, it seems like Cameron Payne being out has affected the rotations a decent amount. So um, the big beneficiary has been Chris Paul. He saw a monster minutes in the last game. Uh, I mean, it looks like it was a blowout. So he, his 36 might not pop off the page, but that was 36 in the first uh, 45 minutes of the game. So that really shows... There's a ton of minutes upside here. It was a little bit of a anomaly because I feel like Devin Booker can, can take some extra minutes at point guard as well. Yeah. Um, but I think Chris Paul really stands out as a good play with the matchup and the minutes. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to undersell him, 7,100 and 7,200. I think he looks pretty good on both sides, and I'm happy to have a bit of Chris Paul. I don't have much else that I need to talk about here from the Phoenix side, though. It, it's it's kind of the core three at the top and then Cameron Johnson for a little bit of value. Yeah, they all look solid. Uh, no, no real changes today, so we know what to expect. But that $6,700 price tag on Aiden does seem a bit low. All right, two things to touch on, three things to touch on before we keep it moving and finish off these final two games. 750 concurrent viewers, 179 likes. Let's go ahead and hit that thumbs up, run that number well north of 200 if we can. And we've got a promo going on. If you use the promo code Gretzky, G-R-E-T-Z-K-Y, which is definitely hard for me to remember, even though I obviously know who Wayne Gretzky is, um, (laughs) you can get an awesome weekly pass for $29.95. Uh, we also have a special running for the start of the NHL season. You can get a $3 week of Awesome O Plus NHL. This offer is going to be valid through January 15th. Seems like the perfect time to get in. You can get yourself projections, ownership, Slack, lineup builder, and more. So use the promo code Gretzky. Or if you just don't have uh, the dollars right now, you can try to win our giveaway. Check out the pinned tweet at awesomeo underscore com. All you have to do is predict whether Brandon Ingram or Paul George scores more points tonight. Just follow the instructions in the pinned tweet and you can win a month of Awesomeo Plus Platinum. That'll be your way to figure out what we've got going on behind the paywall. Whether you want to just use the promo code Gretzky or just try to win a, a free month from the giveaway. I mean, do them both. Sign up and try to win the giveaway. You can't. Two things are better than one in this scenario. Go for them both, guys. Sign up. Awesomeo.com slash join, by the way. And you guys didn't hit the thumbs up enough. Normally when I say that, it just skyrockets. We're at 180. Okay, there we go. Refresh 206. I was going to say, guys, you're killing me here. I expected more, but there we go. We're at 208. Two games to go. Let's close this one out. These are the late night hammers. Two 10 o'clock starts. New Orleans Pelicans at the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers are six-point favorites, 220 implied total. For the Pels, we know right away Lonzo Ball is out of this one with, uh, I forget the way that they phrased whatever his injury is. It's really interesting. Bilateral knee tendinopathy. He'll be out for, (laughs) I don't know, a day or two. Eric Bledsoe is questionable. That is the trickle-down point that will be really interesting. J.J. Redick is probable. Steven Adams will play. Um, 
the floor is yours on this one, boss. What stands out most to you from the New Orleans Pelicans? What are you doing with Lonzo out? And what is the plan if Eric Bledsoe happens to be out as well? Yeah, so uh, Lonzo being out should be a bump to uh, Brandon Ingram's assist rate. And then the minutes most likely are going to go to J.J. Redick joining the starting lineup. So being 3,300 on DraftKings, he stands out as a good value. Um it, uh, Josh Hart also could start, but that seems a little less likely. And uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is always an intriguing option off the bench. But if Bledsoe is out, I mean, I'm kind of like thinking maybe we'd see Josh Hart and J.J. Redick start, but it could definitely be Alexander-Walker. So we want some line of flexibility heading into this last game. Uh, just so if Bledsoe was out, you could really take advantage of uh, whoever is starting. And if they're both out, I would expect to see some minutes from Kira Lewis, uh, rookie point guard. I I think he could soak up a decent chunk of time at the very least as the backup. I think if Bledsoe and Lonzo, if Bledsoe is out, since we already know Lonzo is out, I guess I don't need to say it like that. If Bledsoe ends up out, I think it's going to be Nikhil Alexander-Walker season, uh, twenty-one or 3,800 on FanDuel, 3,100 on DraftKings. He will then project as one. I mean, he's already getting the ownership now, but if Bledsoe ends up out, it's going to, I think he'll end up being one of the better value options on the slate. Do you like the other main Pelicans that like normally play? <laughs> so like, let's say that Bledsoe and whether, whether Bledsoe's in or not, how do you feel about Zion Adams and Ingram? I think Ingram gets the biggest bump because he's really the only facilitator on the team besides Bledsoe and Ball. So, like, his roles would would increase. I think that Ingram would be a good play, not necessarily a lock. Um, I don't see Zion and Adams really having, a, a, like, significant difference to what they're doing on the court, yeah. uh, especially given that Alexander Walker and JJ Redick don't have significantly different usage than ball and blood. So on the Clippers side, uh, the only thing that we're really waiting on from the Clippers, uh, Zubach is questionable. Um, right now we don't have anyone on the Clippers projected for more than 5% ownership on DraftKings. Kawhi and Paul George and a little bit of Serge Ibaka getting love on FanDuel. That's mostly a positional thing. Are you going to be getting to the Clippers at all? And if so, if Zubac is out, what's the biggest impact? The, the uh, prices on DraftKings have gone up a ton on George and Leonard, so they don't look like good plays unless we get some injury news. Um, but the matchup versus New Orleans is a good one. So I think uh, the one guy that maybe stands out, barring few further news, would be Marcus Morris. He's kind of working his way back onto the court. I feel like he's ahead of Batum in the depth chart, and if he started, he'd be underpriced. Um, but besides that, yeah, if Zubat is out, I guess that would mean a little bit more Ibaka, but um, I don't know if that would make like, a huge difference. Yeah, um, Marcus Morris at 3,800 if Zubac is out is a guy that I'll have my eye on. That's a fan duel price. He's also 3,800 on DraftKings. But ultimately, you know, if you get shares of Kawhi and Paul George, that's fine. I don't have a ton of interest in this Clippers team at all. So I don't have anything else to add. I think we can close it out. Yep. 
Final game before we turn it over to the NFL strategy show, Portland Trailblazers, Sacramento Kings. Kings are four and a half point dogs at home, 236 total, biggest on the slate. For Portland, Yusuf Nurkic is questionable, and this is a big-time trickle-down. If Nurkic ends up out, uh, it could be Cantor season, could be Harry Giles season, who knows. Uh, how are you liking Portland? Because I think they uh, look pretty good and clear across the board. All of the normal starters, and then if we get the injury news, uh, sign me up even more. Yeah, I like that. I mean, they're projected for one of the highest point totals tonight. 120 is <laughs> like kind of ridiculous, but uh, I mean, that really shows that Sacramento is an amazing matchup and this game will be fast paced. So with Nurkic questionable, if he missed this game, then Cantor would really stand out as an amazing play. So with him and Bledsoe being questionable, I think we we definitely want to leave some roster spots open tonight to be able to take advantage of some of these swaps because we'd also have the guys to fill up the salary cap with like Lillard and McCollum. So you should be able to increase your projection a good amount if we get some late news here. Barring late news, though, I do I do like Nurkic himself. He yeah has uh, not gotten the minutes this year, but it seems like mostly bad luck more than anything. So I feel like he's a much better player overall than Cantor um, because Cantor's defensive liabilities, but uh, the price has gone down because of the minutes being down. So I'm intrigued. Is there anything you could do to make me stop getting Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington as value plays in the late slate because um, <laughs> I'm really tired of rostering both of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, what we've been seeing is Gary Trent and Carmelo. If they're playing well, they'll eat into those minutes considerably, especially Derek Jones. So yeah, uh, they started off playing huge minutes, but it's not been the case as much recently. Yeah, I know. I, I had a lot of Derek Jones Jr. earlier in the season. I'm very happy. Well, I like him uh, in general. I'm very happy to see that he's down into the 20s so that I can get the hell away from him. Uh, we'll close it out with the Sacramento Kings, which I believe they're at just full strength for the first time. In, well, like relatively full strength. Yeah, a Buddy Heel probable, Rashawn Holmes probable. Um, we can close it out here. Fox and Heald picking up some love on FanDuel. Fox a little bit on DraftKings. The floor is yours, boss. What do you like from Sacramento? Heald's price on FanDuel is decent. Besides that, I'm not seeing a ton. Marvin Bagley continues to be a really good point-per-minute guy, but then the minutes aren't there. Um, and last game, we did see Whiteside uh, pass Bielitsa in the rotation. I don't think that really means much for fantasy, but that's something to note. Yeah, uh, Bielitsa picked up the DNP CD. I don't get the sense that's going to matter all that much from a DFS perspective. It doesn't really matter which one of those guys plays 10 minutes other than, you know, like uh, trying to predict backups and stuff. I'll have a little bit of the Sacramento side, but I just greatly prefer the Portland side. Anything else for this whole slate? I think we've uh, just banged it out. Eight minutes or eight games in uh, 55 minutes. Nice. Yeah, I think this is a good one. It, it's becoming pretty evident as we've breaking, broken this down more that like leaving some late swap flexibility is going to really help on this today's slate because especially in these last games, there could be news that really shakes up the the ranking of players on tonight's slate. So that'll be a main focus of mine heading into the slate unless we get more news. 
Keep your eyes peeled for that news. Follow at El Negro Loco underscore DFS to get that news and then watch the deeper dive at 445 watch live before lock at 6 p.m so you don't miss a thing we will t- we'll take you two hours and 15 minutes all the way up until lock today for the boss man alex baker i am josh engelman thank you guys for joining us good luck tonight go watch the nfl strategy show kicking off in four minutes same channel different stream good luck guys <laughs>